the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So, as always, I'm very happy when you join me, and I think you're going to enjoy this particular message. We uh, were talking last week about what makes a man feel loved. So, I want to encourage you to visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com to listen to that show. And it would be great for the man in your life to hear it as well because he will probably say to you, yes, that's very encouraging. Please do all those things. So I want to encourage you to make to certainly take advantage of the website and all the podcasts that are there. And also uh, my Facebook page has lots of uh, inspirational, motivational things, lets you know what uh, shows are coming up, where I'm speaking, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, make sure you visit that and like that page. That's Cynthia Hyatt, I-N-C, that's incorporated. And so let's get started today with this particular new topic that we have. And this one is in honor of men as well. This is how to be a good man and a hot guy. Keep the romance coming. So I think you're going to really enjoy this. And it's a different way to look at things. And I think it's very encouraging to you men because the men in our uh, culture, in our country, have really been kind of beat up over the last uh, 30 years or so, 40 years. And so we've kind of stolen their identity in a lot of ways, and they've really been hammered. And so I really want to support this whole new burgeoning man that we have, and that is a man that is very willing to learn, that is teachable, and that really wants to do a good job. And that really is the heart of men. So this really is in honor of you. It's how to be a good man and a hot guy, because good men are really hot guys. So we have in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and 20, it says, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. And he says, I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the dirt of the ground all the animals of the field, all the birds of the air, and he brought them to man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And the man named the cattle, named the birds of the air, named the wild animals, but didn't find a suitable companion. So what we see here is that, wow, men really want a companion. They do better with companions. They seek out companions. And if you listen to last week's show, the first thing that we talked about when it comes to what makes a man feel loved is proximity and companionship. They love having women around. 
And so we know it's not good for men to be alone. In fact, we have research to establish that men do better on many levels when they are married, and our society does better when men are married. And so men have often said to me, hey, Cynthia, nice guys never get women. Why do the women always want the bad guys, the jerks who treat them badly? And see, there's a big difference between being a nice guy and a good man. A nice guy can seem weak, and a woman's greatest need is security. So remember that. Nice guys, they seem weak to women. And so when a woman realizes, and you realize, that her biggest need, greatest need is security, one of the things that she is looking for in a man is strength. does not mean aggression. It means strength. So a good man can be very nice and gentle and strong at the same time. See, men can act confidently and, and are able to be assertive. That's what good men do. They're able to say no to women. They're able to please her without being walked on because they have good boundaries. So I, I really want to encourage you. There are lots of books out on this. There's one that's called No More Christian Nice Guy. There's also a secular version called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And I think that one might have been written before the No More Christian Nice Guy. But both of these are very helpful and very, uh, I recommend these very often to men because they kind of lost their identity as to how do I really be who God asked me to be? How do I do these things that come naturally to me when a lot of what the feedback I'm getting is that I'm a jerk, I'm this, and I have women that are asserting themselves or being aggressive all the time and I don't want to harm them. And so if I don't take on a woman, I look like a really weak man. So we're going to address this whole issue about the difference between a nice guy and a good man in, in a different uh, show. But so today we're going to focus on some of the traits and behaviors that you will find in a good man. Because I really want you to be a good man and understand that that will make you a very hot guy. So the, absolutely these two go hand in hand. And integrating these behaviors and traits is what will attract women to you and will secure the relationship as well. So men, if you're married, what you will find is that your wife will be far more receptive to you, much more respectful of you, will enjoy you much better, and she will also probably relax. And you will also enjoy her more. And so, men, if you are looking for a woman, this is one of the greatest ways to attract a woman and to actually feel like you are being respected and honored and appreciated for who you are. So, for men, I, I want you to know that this is also about keeping the love alive. It's also getting back the woman you were dating before you, you married her. So, what I want you to think about is, how do you keep that love alive? How do you get back the woman you were dating before you married her? Well, men often say to me, well, she's not who I dated. We got married and she changed. And so the simple answer is this. Whatever you did while you were dating worked. In fact, it worked so well, you secured the relationship and she married you. Why did you stop doing it? So I also say this to women, but today we're talking to you, to you men. So... I want you to think about how do you be this good man and a hot guy? So if these things worked while you were dating and you secured the relationship, you want to go back to what was working? What did I do differently? What was I like when I was pursuing my girlfriend, my partner, my wife? What was I like? Because those things obviously worked and brought out a really good version of her. So always remember, I'm speaking in general terms, 
So none of this is intended to offend. And it's really a way to look at general uh, gender issues just in general terms. So not every man or every woman will fit into this exactly because there's always exceptions. But I'm talking about a general overall picture and a common reference point for how we look at men and how we look at women. So many of you will find this helpful and encouraging, at least portions of it. Now, I have to have you understand that relationships are work, they are effort. So men, when I'm talking to you about being a good man, this means work, this means effort. Because once a man decides on a woman, he doesn't revisit it. Sadly, he also doesn't pursue it. And so this is part of the breakdown for men, is that part of your hardwiring is going out and possessing, going out and achieving, going out and securing, going out and making that goal happen and and achieving the goal. Once you achieve the goal, you move on to your next endeavor. Well, when it's a woman, you can't just achieve that goal, secure her, marry her, and then move on to your next endeavor. You're not going to get a very good version of her. So the problem is, because your tendency is to go on to this next endeavor, once you secure it and you move on to the next venture, it generally means that you secure the relationship and you move on to work, to your job, to your career. Because this takes effort to continue to maintain it, and we certainly want you to do this. But generally, your work, generally that issue is an act of love for men. And it's hard sometimes for women to understand that if they are feeling neglected. That he's going out to work every day, working really hard, taking all the hits, trying to make all this happen. He comes home, doesn't necessarily engage emotionally, and can't understand why a woman does not feel loved by him. And so this is part of understanding that there is a a tie between the two of them. And so although it is an act of love, it doesn't always translate to a woman that it's love. Because, see, it's harder to, quote-unquote, feel that action of you working than the need for her to experience you. And so a man's tendency is to establish a home, then go outside the home and pursue the next challenge. And so because one of a man's greatest needs is adventure and challenge and ultimately success, there's a lot of of reasons for him to continue to really pursue work and to really make that next goal happen and achieve that next promotion, whatever that might be. More money, more prestige, whatever that is. Thinking all the while that, wow, I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this for my wife. She's going to be so proud of me. She's going to feel so loved. She's going to feel all these things. I'm working for her. And so what happens is once you secure this woman, then a man's tendency is to relax and feel there's no longer any need to work on the relationship. If it's not broken, don't fix it. So see, this in no way means a lack of value on his part. Although a woman will generally feel very devalued or unimportant and will interpret it this way. That's why men in general don't quote-unquote work on the relationship unless there is a problem. And in general, it has to be a really big problem, an obvious or undeniable issue before it will get his attention. Now, sometimes this can, can work for our, our advantage because they really don't always major in the little minor things. And women, we are hardwired to not miss any of the details. So we can kind of get snagged on the little details. And men have a tendency to look at the overall big picture. The problem is it can cause you men to not be as engaged 
or attentive to what's going on in the relationship until it's really big. And, and unfortunately, I, I, you need to understand that men can tolerate a bad relationship far more than women. And there are different percentages of um, how, what percentage of women initiate divorce. And it is always higher. Women always initiate divorce before men do. Up to 90% of divorces can be initiated by women. It's huge. Down to about maybe um, 78%. But it's always women that are initiating the, the divorce. Because women can't take how bad the relationship feels. And so I often have to confront men on their pride when it comes to not divorcing their wife. He says, well, I didn't divorce her. I said, well, you stopped working on the marriage and she ended up having to put, put it down because it was so painful for her. So that doesn't mean you didn't divorce her. It means that you quit. And so it's really important for us to recognize that for you as men, this is one of the hardest things to do is when you do recognize there's a problem, it may be too late. So it's this inattentive piece that I want us to really be looking at and focusing on. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. You are listening to how, how being a good man is also a hot guy. So make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and join me in the next segment. Welcome back. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And we are talking today about how to be a good man and a hot guy. And I have to, I have to really encourage you to realize that good men are hot guys. And there's a difference between a good man and a nice guy. And nice guys aren't necessarily hot guys. And one of the main reasons for this is that nice guys don't necessarily offer security for women. And you have to remember that women, their number one need is security. So if you're a nice guy and just a pushover, then you're really not filling that need for security because women are longing for strength. And I give this example to men frequently. I say, you know, go back to tribal times when we were all living in tribes. And let's say that you were married to the chief of the tribe but he was maybe beating you and even raping you on a regular basis. Well, if you were married to the chief, he was the only one that was mistreating you. If you were married to the nice guy of the tribe, every other man had access to you. So there's this hardwiring, this primal feel when we see men be men, be really strong men, even when we see them be jerks, that somehow it kind of translates as security, like, wow. They have the ability to be really big, maybe even mean, maybe even harsh, maybe even aggressive, as long as they're not doing it to us. That's the difference. So when we really, what we really want to do is what God's plan is, is that you be a good man. Jesus was a really good man, and he secured so many people, all the people that were following him and anyone that he was healing felt tremendous security, tremendous stabilization from him. And he was very kind, very gentle, very loving, very patient, and very strong. So, again, what we, were, what we left off in this last segment was that I was talking about the fact that the hardwiring of men is to go for a goal, to achieve the success. Once they achieve that, that goal, they move on to their next endeavor. So, that makes a problem for relationships because men, you have a big blind spot. See, once you secure the relationship with a woman, your tendency is to move to the next thing. 
without even knowing that you're doing it. And so there's a lot of inattentiveness that happens to that woman that you are pursuing. And we talked about this idea of how well you did in the dating process because you obviously secured her enough for her to really want to marry you. And then what happened? Well, you stopped doing all those things that were working. And so the problem with men with this blind spot is there's a tendency to be able to tolerate a lot more than women. This is why we were I was giving you this high percentage of up to 90% they're saying of all divorces are initiated by women because women are the ones that cannot tolerate how painful a relationship is where men compartmentalize. So if the relationship appears to be working overall, like you get along okay enough, you had a big fight, but you kind of got over it, men will think, well, then everything's okay. When women are saying, no, it's not okay, I just got tired of fighting. I just don't want to be mad anymore. And so there's this tendency for men to feel like, if it's not broken, don't fix it, which means inattentiveness or checking out or, or just saying, well, I'm providing and I'm showing up and I'm doing all these duties and... And, and I'm spending all of my energy trying to be very successful at work, and I hope she knows I'm doing that because I love her. Well, that is a wonderful thing. But in today's world, what God is wanting for us, what women are needing, is more relationship. And so what happens with men is when the relationship is finally broken and they recognize it, sometimes it's too late. And I have men frequently showing up in my office, and I say to them, I'm, I'm sorry, it, it may be too late. And I say, what have they been telling you all these years? And they're like, well, they've had it. They're lonely. They don't think I love them. They're tired of it. They don't think I noticed the, you know, her. Um, they're going to divorce me. But, you know, then we got along, and so I thought we were, we were okay. And so there's this blind spot for men in how you compartmentalize that you really only remember the last argument. You don't remember that it's been chronic arguments for 10 years with moments or weeks sometimes of peace. You only remember that the last argument and then we're okay, so I guess we're okay. And that is a really big blind spot. So what, what I want you to think about is that once the problem has gotten your attention, then what, can, what it can feel like for women is that it may even be more hurtful that you finally get it. Because all of a sudden, now you see the value of this relationship, and it's in jeopardy. Now I have your complete attention, but it's been happening for 10 years, or it's been happening for 20 years, or whatever it may be. And so now she says, now he wants to work on it. Now I have his attention. After I've been crying all these years, I've been telling him repeatedly, I've been, whatever's been going on. And so it's really important that you recognize that it's wonderful that you, want, that you value the relationship. And I believe the majority of men really value their relationships. And, and women, they don't get that. They don't experience it. So what we're talking about today is how do, you, how do you make sure that that gets translated to the woman in your life? Because, you see, women are the ones that tend relationships. They're the ones that see when things aren't working. They're kind of the barometer or, or the temperature. They take the temperature. They're not the thermostat. And men are kind of, kind of thermostats. You know, they can kind of be at peace at any level if they just give it time. Where women don't have a thermostat. So as things escalate, they feel it, and then things de-escalate, and they feel it. And they are constantly telling you what the flux is. So it's imperative 
that you recognize that God gave you a help, a helpful and suitable partner for this blind spot. So you want to make sure that being a good man means you listen, that you tend your relationship, that you understand that when Christ laid his life down for the church, it meant that he laid it down for her and then stayed relational. That's the whole point of the gospel, is that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, doesn't condemn, loves, is kind, is, gives guidance, gives direction, gives strength, gives encouragement, and loves. And so when we think about what does it mean that Jesus really is such a lover, he is such a tender of relationships, and that God is giving us this example through Christ as to how to be a really good man, and a very strong man, and a very assertive man that is still able to be tender and kind and gentle. And so he was setting the example for men. He was not wanting women to have to, quote-unquote, endure their marriage. And so the majority of women do very well, and they are very responsive to the tending and the nurturing of their relationship with you. And so what, what we really want to think about is it's kind of like watering a plant. And this is me- a man's tendency, and I say to men, you know, you kind of do the, like if you had a plant, and as soon as you finally see it wilting, then you kind of deluge it with water. Well, by that point, you know, you may drown the plant or it may end up getting root rot. What I'm needing you to do is water on an ongoing basis. And so it's important that you understand this version, this uh, verse in Ephesians. It's 525 and 28. It says, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, as exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out in her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands are to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk about specifically how to be a good man. Again, this is 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Thank you for joining me. I'm glad you're back with me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And we are talking today about how to be a good man and a hot guy. And I'm telling you the truth, good men are hot guys. And so we talked in the last segment about the difference between a good man and a nice guy. And there is a difference. And so I want to make sure that if you weren't able to listen to that last half hour, that you go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that is spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. You can listen to that first half hour of the show. And certainly have your significant other listen to it. If, if you're a man, you're listening to it, please play it for your, your girlfriend, your wife. And, and if women, if you're hearing it, please play it for the men in your life. I think it will be extremely helpful. And so we kind of left off with really understanding the importance of tending the relationship for you men and that your blind spot is kind of just the way that God hired, hardwired you is that once you succeed and finish that adventure, that challenge, and, and you, you complete that, you have a tendency to go on to the next thing. So when you're dating your wife, you, you know, you're dating your girlfriend, 
you're working on securing the relationship. You're putting all you have into it. She's the number one, uh, you know, person in your focus. And then as soon as you secure that, as soon as you're married, there's the tendency to then move on to the next adventure, the next uh, challenge, the next whatever it is. And so women feel that, and men have a tendency to just assume that, well, they must know that I'm doing all this work for them because I love them. And so we might know intellectually, but it's kind of like that idea of a plant. And if you don't tend to it, it starts to wilt. And maybe by the time you see it wilted and you try to, like, deluge it with water, you end up drowning it or it gets root rot. So you really want to be on top of this whole idea of tending the relationship, which is the example of Christ. And I gave you that beautiful verse in Ephesians that says, you know, husbands go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. And it's a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole, and his words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out in her. And so I really want us to think about this. Now, we will have a show that, that it, we talk about women and, and our responsibility and how we help men do this, how we help them be successful with us. And so I want to encourage you men to really, you know, to see this as an adventure, as a challenge. Be willing to take a risk. Be willing to not do it right every time. But I want you to be really proud of yourselves that you're doing it, that you're letting your intentions be seen. And, you know, you're not going to hit a home run every time, but you know us women. We love it when you get out and play the game. And we really want to root you on, and we really want to encourage you to continue playing the game, even if everything you do isn't a touchdown. It's important to us that you're out on the field. You're out, you're out trying. You're putting out your best, and you're doing your best. And so it's really important that you understand that what you are doing is helping the woman in your life to be all that God created her to be, just like what women, what we are doing is helping the men in our lives to be everything that God has intended for them to be. It is our job as counterparts to bring out the best in one another. And so it's your job as a man to bring out the best in her. And it's our jobs as women to bring out the best in the men in our lives. So let's start. It's a lot simpler than you think. And maybe some things you probably don't even know or thought about. So the first one we're going to talk about is a caring guy is a hot guy. This is really powerful. And this is revolutionizing for many men. Because men are problem solvers. So they want to fix the problem. One of the things I say to men is, listen, you simply care about what she cares about. You solve the problem. It's really that easy. Now, simple, right, does not necessarily mean easy. Because it's hard for men to hang in there and be emotionally connected and be empathic and validate all those feelings. But I'm telling you, it works. And this is one of the reasons that women are susceptible to womanizers. Because womanizers are the ones that listen to all their feelings and care about their feelings. And if they're not careful, women can be very taken advantage of by these men because they really don't have their best intentions. And so for you, I know you have the best intention for your wife, your girlfriend, your daughters, your sisters. And so one of the ways that you can be a really good man, a really hot guy, is you simply care. You see, the hardwiring of a woman is to crave connectedness. And they feel connected to, to you when you care. 
And this is more than problem solving. I I'm sure the women in your life are very intelligent. They probably don't need you to solve the problem. They really just need you to care about the problem. That their pain moves you. That it bothers you. That you're willing to feel some feelings about their pain. And see, this is the hardest thing for men to do. They compartmentalize. One of the reasons that they can do hard things is they don't want to feel what the other person might be feeling. So join me in this last segment as we talk more about how to be a good man and a hot guy. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. This is our last segment. If you are just joining in, I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia here on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And today we are talking about how to be a good man and a hot guy and recognizing that the two are the same. Good men are really hot guys. And we were talking about the difference between a good man and a nice guy. And so I want you to make sure that you listen to the very first part of the show as we talk about that and kind of make the distinction between the two. And if you are not able to, if you're just tuning in, then please go to the uh, website at CynthiaHyatt.com and that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com and you can listen to the show in its entirety. Also remember uh, the Facebook page to like my Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Inc. That's INC for Incorporated. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker or someone to lecture or give these messages, I love to do that at your church or your organizations. So you can always contact me through the website. And there are many, many lectures that I give and, and different topics that I do. And I can always tailor it to whatever your group is needing as well. So we are in the last segment, and we left off on the number one thing that makes for a really good man is a caring man. And this is one of the most difficult things for men to do, and that is to enter into someone's pain. And this comes naturally to women to the point that we can't help it, and we many times get overwhelmed because we feel pain for people and feel it with them. And that's part of the hardwiring of our brain. We have what's called mirror neurons. We have more white matter, which is high connectivity. And so we connect by feeling the pain or emotions, happy or sad, with the people that we're interacting with. Men, on the other hand, have mechanistic brains, which means that they're looking for the rules that govern a system, which means that they are compartmentalizing very, very well. So when they recognize that you're in pain, they have to make a conscious choice to enter into that. And generally, most men brace themselves, back up emotionally a couple of feet. They listen to why you're in pain, and they start to problem solve as a way to get you out of that pain. And this is all because they love you and they have very good intentions. The problem is for women, we feel kind of alone in our pain then. Because what we really want is for a man to care about what we care about. And that solves the majority of our problems. Once we feel connected, we are strengthened. Once we are strengthened, we feel a lot more able to manage whatever the problem might be. So a caring guy is a hot guy. How about this one? Number two, chivalry still has a place. So no matter how much women are being conditioned to think that we need to equalize everything, and, you know, really, I wish we would say it's equal. We really are trying to make it be the same. And the same does not mean equal. 
And, and so we don't want the things to be the same. We really want there to be chivalry. And that's one of the ways that you care for women. And so women like to feel like women. And they want to know it's safe to be feminine. And that when they're feminine, they'll be protected, they'll be cared for, respected, and they will be valued. And if they're feminine, that they won't be taken advantage of or devalued or disrespected. So one of the ways that men do this is with chivalry. It's a way to honor the woman that you love. And sadly, many women today have, have learned, have not learned how to accept chivalry and, and, and not to let a man be a man. And you know what? It's really okay if you just do it anyways. Because women will really respond to it after a while. And, and it doesn't take very long. They really do like it. They don't, what they don't want is this idea of feeling in a one-down position. And so when you as men are being chivalrous, you want to say to yourself, I know I'm being honorable and I'm honoring her. And I'm not doing it to put her in a one-down position. Because, see, we've been taught to be defensive and to see chivalry as demeaning or that we're somehow less than. But chivalry really is making a comeback, and so stick with it. Men love women and love the way that women move and smile and laugh, and men love femininity. And the best way to encourage a woman's femininity is to treat her like a woman, not like a man. So I frequently say to men, you can't treat her like one of your buddies and then expect her to be feminine and sexual with you. So don't treat her in a way that hardens her and then expect her to somehow be feminine and soft in the bedroom. Really important that all the time you recognize that if you want her to be a woman, treat her like one. So really important, number three, dress to impress. Seriously. You remember all these things worked when you were dating. So why would you stop doing what worked? This is why, I got to tell you, Playgirl never really lasted. We see, that, have it, has it lasted? No, because you know what women love? They love a man in a tuxedo. They love a man in a good uniform. They love men that are really dressed and cleaned up. It's very attractive to women. And so we really want you to understand that we want you to care about your appearance. It doesn't mean you want, we want you to be a girly man, of course, right? But we want you to really care about how you look because that honors us. And it causes women to feel special. The same way you feel when she dresses up for you and when she cares about her appearance, it causes you to feel valued. So why do we get married to the person we love the most and then show them the worst side of ourselves? And it's this fascinating thing sometimes with men. They come home, they want to think about it as their, their castle where they just want to relax and just be whoever they are and be themselves and not censor anything. I got to tell you, does not bring out good things in women. You would never do that when you were dating. And so you can't expect women to compartmentalize and see you in that way and then expect her to necessarily want to make love to you. So really important that you understand the very thing you love about women in terms of how responsive and reactive they are is the very thing that will work against you if you're not careful. So you want to maintain, wow, I honor her by taking care of myself, by not acting like I live in a locker room, and then expecting her to be feminine. So number four, don't hide your fears, your feelings, or your flaws. Again, this is how women feel close and loved, by sharing feelings and, quote-unquote, knowing someone. It is uncomfortable, but it's very honoring of your spouse when you share this type of intimacy. This isn't contradicting the last point I just made. 
It simply means being willing to be honest about weaknesses. For example, you know, I'm kind of afraid to call that guy today. I don't know what's bugging me, but I really am a little bit unnerved by it. Okay, that's not a wimpy thing. That's a human thing. Or, you know, I don't dance well, but I'll learn for you. I'm willing to put myself out there and look like an idiot because I love you. These are very endearing things. This is not about, you know, acting like a jerk or or exposing a part of yourself and demeaning yourself. This is about being human and letting her know who you are. And so I want you to understand when it comes to communicating that nodding is not enough. See, women need to know you really, quote unquote, heard what they said and that you care about it, that you have an opinion or a thought about it. And this is why women notoriously say to one another, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because they need to have that emotional dialogue, not just a person present staring at them. There's more on how men talk to each other. See, men do this with one another. They just stare and they go, uh-huh. And then that's it. And they just let men express. Where women want engagement. So I want to know what you think about what I said. And I want to know how you feel about what I said. Now, I always say this with a caveat to you women, that they're not women, they're men. So when they tell you their opinion or they tell you their thoughts, you want to just simply thank them for sharing. It may not be exactly what you wanted to hear. It may not be always very helpful to you. But what they're doing is they are showing up and engaging in the conversation. So you always remind yourself that they are not women. All right. Number six, you look your partner in the eye. You have to remember that women need to be seen. One of their greatest needs is being desired. They need to be looked at. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be desired. They don't want to talk to your back as you're walking out of the room because you're bored with the conversation. They really want your engagement. And so if you can't, what you want to say to her is, hey, I have so much on my mind right now. Can I just go decompress for about 15 minutes because I'm very interested in your day? but I want to be fully there. And I'm going to come back in 15 minutes, so just give me a break. I want to change my clothes. I want to get my head straight, and then you and I will talk. And that causes them to feel very valued so that you're not just giving them the nods and the grunts and hoping that that suffices. And so I don't want you to fear the relationship talks. Now, I know this is always like for men, it's this big like, oh, my gosh, what's going to become of me? What's going to happen to me if I actually have that talk? And you can always feel like it's never going to go well. And I have men that, and I, I tell this to women all the time, I say, you have to understand, a woman's feelings and talking is one of a man's greatest fears. He would rather take on a firing squad or be beat up, okay, than have to go and sit in my office and figure out and wonder if he's okay. I'm telling you, men come into my office white sometimes because they're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think we're doing okay. And inevitably, I say, so, how is everything going? And the man always looks at his, at his partner and says, uh, I think we're okay, are we? Because men are not the barometers or the thermometers. And they don't always pick up on everything. So women, we need to be gracious with them when we are wanting to have those relationship talks. And we need to be able to say to them, hey, hang in there. I know we're going to get it figured out. Just hang in there. I really want us to figure this out. I want us to be okay. And men, you kind of have to put your seatbelt on. you got to relax your body. You have to say, this is what good men do. This is what strong, courageous men do. 
This is what God does every day for the women on the planet. He listens to them every day. He listens to their heart cry. He sits down and he reasons together with women every day. So God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, sets the example for men to be relational, to care about what women care about, be interested in what they think and feel, and engage in making the conversation one that causes the relationship to be better. So don't be afraid. Recognize that, wow, if I love this woman, if I have good intentions, that's the first and best place to start. And the rest of it is a learning. It's a learning process. And the more committed you are, the more willing you are to jump in there and say, I am afraid to have this conversation with you, honey. I don't want to mess it up. I want us to be okay. And my tendency is just to hope it gets better and avoid the whole thing. And I know that's not right. So I'm going to sit down. I'm going to do the best I can to hang in here. And that is, means more to women than you could imagine. So I say it again and again. God is the greatest of all lovers. And how many times he says how much he loves us, how special we are to him, how valuable and important we are. So I say to men, say it again and again and again. How beautiful she is, how important she is, how much you love her, how important she is to you. You say it again and again and again. It's watering the plant every day. It's one of the best things you could do for her. And so remember that we are referred to as the weaker sex for a reason. And I want to give you this example, and we're going to end the show here, is if you ever remember Silly Putty, and that really that hard egg shell, and then inside of it was that putty that you could pull apart and put back together and change its shape, and every time you touched it, it was marked. Well, women are like Silly Putty. And men, you're like silly putty with the external shell. Man, I wish I had that shell. Life would be easier for me. But I am like silly putty. I get pulled apart. I go out into the world. I get pulled apart all over the place. I get changed into different shapes. I get marked and scarred and moved and all kinds of stuff. So you want to remind yourself that harshness, abruptness, your tone, you have to be careful how you talk to women. And so you respect their strengths and recognize that the weakness is one of the things that you love. You love how responsive she is. So you want to be tender and kind. And so lastly, don't avoid talking about her feelings. Don't try to fix her will- world. Be willing to be in her world with her. This is one of the best ways to be a good man and a hot guy. So have a great week. I look forward to talking to you next week. This is Cynthia Hyatt, Conversations with Cynthia, 1360 KPXQ. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Have a great week. Jeremy, thank you so much for being a great producer. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.